Oh, you, uh, Debbie and Steve, you came to uh, Brian Venema last week. Wasn't that super good? I'm sorry? Were you there, Were you there for Brian Venema last week? Uh, no. Debbie was. That Which was, is, I was humble. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Um, he did a lot of ministry, a lot of, a lot of um, healing ministry. And so we're going to do some of that tonight afterwards because I just want I just want to keep practicing and doing it, you know. Um, doesn't matter who's with us; we can still always do this, right? This is really powerful. Last we last got week. Sir, two hernia surgery people here. Yeah, we got and we got John and we got Chris. We got all of us, right? We all need something. I was um, talking to the Lord about um, what I wanted to talk about, and you know, you guys, we all different people have their heart messages right different people have something the lord has put on their heart specifically because of their personality or their story or whatever it is and you just gotta go with that because that that's what god has put you on the earth for is that particular message and it may be that um you say it a lot but people need to hear it a lot too and, and different people bring different messages we all need to hear one thing bob and i were talking about was some core fundamental truths that we wanted to just um, put into Saturday Night Summer Club and, and repeat it over and over. Like when we do our marriage class, we repeat some things over and over and over until you're so sick of hearing it, but it makes it go down into that default place of your heart where you start acting out of that instead of something else. And so that's what we're trying to do with Supper Club too is get some of those truths that are deep down in our heart so that when life comes at us, we don't go do some flesh default thing. We actually go to the truth that's been embedded in our heart, you know? And so I was just talking to the Lord about that. Um, one of the things that I've been impressed with lately is the idea of Christian leadership. You know, a lot of people think that um, Christian leadership or leadership is a, it's like a talent or you're born with it or something like that. And I think that's not really true. I think that um, that may be one form of leadership. Leadership might be how charismatic you are or do you have high EQ or something like that. But I think Christian leadership is a whole different Thing. And I want to start out with my, my scripture, which is Ephesians 2.10 in the NIV. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For the passion, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. I think that's really exciting, you guys, that in his mind's eye, God had a plan for us, and us alone, specifically, for our destiny that no one else can do, that's only for us. That's really, really cool. And I think that um, when, it when it comes to being a leader, sometimes we think we're not equipped, we don't have the right personality, we're... You know, not as we don't like to do public speaking, we were not outgoing, all those things. And I don't think God looks at that at all. Like, I think that when we look at the disciples and some of the people he chose, Moses, who said he couldn't even speak, right? He chose leaders for a whole different reason than what the world looks at leaders for. One of them is this, which is funny, I think. Remember, God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, right? So sometimes he uses the most unlikely person or the most foolish person because he wants to work through that person. Um, I, I sometimes say that about Donald Trump. I'm like, he got just the foolish things of the world, you know, because sometimes 
we all, we're like, how could God use this or that person? And, and God doesn't care about our ability. He cares about our availability. Because it's God inside of us who does everything. It's not us, right? So I just want to look at a couple characteristics of leadership. I think the first foundational characteristic is that leadership is actually servanthood. Jesus says, tells us in Matthew 20 that this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. And that goes against, again, our worldly idea to be a leader, right? A leader is the person who's up front. Everyone is serving them. Everyone is is um, giving them what they want. And there's a big ego thing sometimes with the worldly idea of being a leader. And yet the Bible says the least of you, the last, the person who serves. And we don't see a lot of, I don't think, servant leadership anywhere, let alone the church. Sometimes we don't see it. And so we don't have real good models sometimes of what a servant leadership looked like. I was looking at the um, definition, the secular definition of being a servant is a person who performs domestic duties for others, especially a person employed in a house or as a personal attendant. In the Greek, the word used there is doulos, and it means devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interest. Um, that's not really popular around in, in America. In America, it's like be independent, make your own way. This idea of laying down your own agenda for somebody else and looking out for somebody else's own interest at the expense of your own, that's not an American model, right? We're told to, you know, forge ahead, make your own way, be independent, um, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, blah, blah. There's very little emphasis on how do we serve other people. And when you think about Jesus, I mean, he had every right to be served in every way. But he forsake everything so that he could serve us in the most grueling way possible, in the most painful way possible. He had no husband or wife. He had no children. I mean, wife. No wife. No children. He forsake all, um, you know, ego, like being famous. Everything poured himself out for humanity. And that's what he, he's asking us to do. And that's a very foreign concept. And, and then what I want to take it is to not just humanity. I want to take it down to pouring ourselves out for each other in our um, areas of influence, in our marriages, in our families, in our workplaces, in the people that God has put us. <laughs> Believe it or not, you guys, we are not here by accident. This is a group of people that God has put us into on purpose because we're to minister to one another. We're supposed to learn from one another. We're supposed to um, engage one another, do life together, whether we like it or not, whether we want to do it or not. God says, I'm going to put people in your place that you are going to serve because it's the heart of Jesus, not because you want to do it, but because only in that way will you exhibit Christian leadership. And I believe God's called us all to Christian leadership. It's just not what we think it is. It's a completely different look. Um, and Christian leadership for sure involves humility. 
James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. I love the verse, pride goeth before a fall. Because whenever I see someone being arrogant or prideful, I'm like hammering them with that. Pride goes before a fall. God's going to get you, whatever. But it, and I joke about that, but it's really true. God is not attracted to a prideful heart. He's attracted to a humble heart. Because a humble person recognizes their place in the world. A humble person recognizes that God is on the throne. God is supreme. And we owe our allegiance to him. And we line our hearts up with the Lord. A prideful person says, I know it all. I know more than the Lord. I know more than you. I'm the authority in my own life. That's what a prideful person says. A humble person says, yeah, I don't know it all. And I'm not an authority in my own life. God is the authority. There's lots I don't know. And oh, by the way, I'm not better than you because we're all an equal playing ground. We are all sinners. So not one sin is worse than another. Different, not wrong, right? Not one person's personality is better than another. Humility is what gets us to a place of true leadership. That's the doorway for leadership. The second attribute for a Christian leader is that they're spirit-led. You know, this is the thing that um, Bob and I are talking about. we got to get back to star. What is star? Stop, turn, ask, respond, right? So a Christian leader doesn't lead by the seat of their pants. They don't bulldoze through life, being a bull in a china shop, do whatever comes to their mind or their heart because that's, I'm just, you know, telling them the truth. I'm, I'm doing X, Y, Z. No, a Christian leader says, wait a minute. What does God want me to do in this situation? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, pull the boundary, push back, speak out. You need to shut that down. There may be, someone may be speaking to you and they may be speaking, they may be partnering with a demonic um, agenda. And sometimes the Holy Spirit is speak out against that. I mean, I look at the um, prophet um, Elijah when he was doing the sacrifice uh, in all the Baal um, prophets were around him and they were trying to, to um, get it to rain and a lot of times. Like Elijah had to stand up strong and he had to um, rebuke those prophets. That was very important for him to do. Sometimes the Lord says, I want you to be quiet. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, yeah, that person is saying whatever they're saying, but I'm calling you to be quiet and just listen to them and, and to not rebuke them. And just hear what they're saying. We'll never know what's going on inside a person's heart. Only the Holy Spirit knows what's going on inside of a person's heart. And he's the one that can tell us how we would respond in a certain situation. See, a Christian leader isn't somebody who is quick to talk. They stop and listen to the Holy Spirit and say, what do you want me to do? Do I just stop and let this, let this go? Do I wait? Do I pray? What do I do? And that applies to every strategic thing in our life. What job do we do? Um, how do we interact with society and what's going on right now? Like what's going on right now can be very emotionally disturbing, right? But we can stop and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you doing that you want me to partner with? Do I rest? Am I to trust? Am I to have some kind of action? Am I to pray? What do you want me to do in what we see going on in our country. Because it's very easy to get in fear, right? It's very easy to be um, discouraged. 
or angry or um, divisive. I find I have a problem with that all the time, you guys. My flesh rises up and I just want to come against people sometimes. That's not being a Christian leader. A Christian leader listens to the voice of God and says, what does God want me to do right now, even if I don't understand what's going on? Romans 8, 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Thirdly, godly leaders are brave and obedient. And why did I put those two things together? Sometimes, sometimes we're afraid. Um, we're afraid of people. We have fear of man. We have approval issues. We have fear of conflict. Um, we just want to sweep things under the rug, right? A Christian leader doesn't do that. A Christian leader says, you know, I'm going to do the hard thing, the brave thing, the obedient thing, because there is fruit for that down the road. I know so many people that are in relationships. And not, I'm not even talking marriage relationships. I'm talking friend relationships or any kind of relationship. I, I Recently, I, I, um, I know a situation where there's conflict in a friend group because hurts and resentments have been um, gone unattended for five years. Like there's a five-year-old hurt that was never expressed, never resolved. And so now it bubbles up five years later and it's ten times worse than it was probably when it happened, right? A Christian leader, a leader says, I have a problem with X, Y, or Z. Lord, what do you want me to do? Do I confront it? Do I wait? Do I do whatever? And then if you want me to confront in a healthy manner, how do I do that? See, being a leader, almost, I think that one of the most important things we can do as leaders in our homes, marriages, communities, is figure out what is healthy conflict. What does healthy conflict look like? How does God want me to handle our disagreement, our di our division, our um, different ideologies. How does God want me to handle that? And so many times we just, because we're taught in our families, you know, sweep it under the rug, don't, don't talk about it, just let it go. Or criticize, judge, speak ill of that person. A lot of people think that being a Christian leader is doing what I'm doing, standing up and talking and giving a sermon or something like that. I think the most important leadership we can have is the leadership we have of the immediate people in our lives that God has put in our lives, our children, our spouses, and our immediate circle. How do we deal daily with those people? My next, my newest favorite, um, my newest favorite slogan, if you will, is from our marriage class. Do we give people the grace they so desperately need but don't necessarily deserve? Do we give people grace? Now, that's not grace, just greasy grace. You get away with everything. Grace is a tough grace. Grace is, listen, I'm going to do the hard thing because I love you more than I'm afraid of this situation. I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to have that hard conversation because I choose to be obedient to God more than my fear, more than my desire to run away. I think that is something that Christians have to step up to the plate to do. They have to decide they're going to be leaders in their relationships. 
and they're going to take the first step sometimes when they don't want to do it. There's been times that I have not wanted to take the first step. But that's part of humility too, right? Saying, God, I will humble myself and take the first step because you're asking me to do it. How many of you guys here have ever struggled with the Lord? He's asked to do something that you have not wanted to do. I mean, and it was, it was maybe hard or it was, or maybe you felt like it was going to be weak. That's, that's a number one lie that the enemy gives to us is if you humble yourself or if you lead in a particular area, that's going to make you weak. It's going to expose your soft underbelly and they're going to use it against you. That's what the enemy tells us because the enemy does not want us to have harmony in our relationships and we're called to lead. The world, the world is on its knees, begging for Christians to walk forward with strength. You know, I was thinking about what the picture of a leader is. Again, people think leaders are presidents and political people and whatever. That's not what a leader is. Think about it when you're in kindergarten and the teacher says, line up. I want everyone to line up to go outside and play recess. Well, the first person in line is called the leader. Does that mean they have it all together? Does that mean they're doing public speaking or you know, or a famous business person. No, that means they're in front of the person behind them and they're walking a path and they're leading the person behind them to someplace else. That's what we're called to do. We're called to lead the person behind us to the next place. It doesn't mean we have it together. It doesn't mean we see everything. It means we are to take them with us to a certain place. When we have godly relationship, when we choose to be a godly leader, we are taking people with us to a better place, to a place that's got more harmony, more, more functionality as um, families. You know, I was talking to a friend recently, and I was talking to her about her family. A lot of us have been raised in super dysfunctional families, right? Really, really dysfunctional. And the default the default thing is when you go back and have Christmas. You know, Christmas is the most stressful time of the year. You know why? People get together for families. They, they, their families get together, and they can't stand each other. That's horrible at Christmas, but that's what's going on. If we said, you know what, we're going to be leaders in our family, and we're going to do the right thing, and we're going to change this family dynamic because we're not just going to submit to it and succumb to it. We're actually going to change the atmosphere. We're actually going to lead these people from this place to the next place because we're no longer satisfied with doing things in a dysfunctional way. I believe the earth and all of creation is waiting for us to be brave and waiting for us to be obedient in that kind of leadership. And it's the day-by-day decision. It's the day-by-day. Because I, 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 I'm sorry, because I was like, what does that mean? The earth is waiting. I just, it was an interesting concept to me. So I was like, Here's my scripture. Here's my scripture for you. Let's go. All of creation For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. That's my scripture for you. My point is everything hinges on this, you guys. I was telling Steve the other day, I said, we're talking about divorce. I said divorce is just as high in the church as it is in not in the church. It's not any different. 
That's a shame. That's a shame. That means that marriages in the church aren't doing any better. They're not communicating better. They're not having better relationships. It's exactly the same. Why is that? We're to be the example up to the world. Right? And that may mean that we have to step out in unfamiliar leadership. We may make a choice, have brave communication that we don't want to do. But it's, it's going to be what changes the world. It's the little things that change the world. Not the big take a stand for the Lord. It's the day-to-day decisions. Are we going to obey God? Are we going to be brave? Are we going to be humble? And are we going to serve when we don't feel like doing it? That's the daily challenge of leadership. It's not this big glorious thing. It's a daily decision. But I'm here to tell you, just like anything, the more you do it, maybe not the easier it becomes, but you see more and more fruit from it. The more you do it, and the more that you crucify your flesh and follow the Holy Spirit from a place of a decision of your heart, the more fruit you're going to see. And I know we've all struggled through hard relationships. We were just talking about it at dinner. Hard relationships. Hard people. It's difficult to know how to deal with those kind of people. Only the Holy Spirit knows how to do it, right? And we've got to be, as a people group, that's got to be our motto. Star, stop, turn, ask, respond. And then do it. And then have the courage to do it, right? So I know that's that's been in my heart for a long time because I see a lot of people struggling you know, I do a lot of mediations, obviously, right? And people, when, by the time they get to me, they're just done. They've got no hope. They don't want to work on anything. They're just wasted, right? Why? Why are, Christ, why are relationships? Our, the church needs to do better. We need to do better in the area of relationships. We need to be the leaders with our kids, with uh, people that are our, our boss or our employees or whatever. We've got to choose to be leaders and change the way that looks in our mind because God has chosen every one of us and he's chosen specifically every person in our life for a reason you guys good or bad good or bad <laughs> right I got that one down <laughs> no, that's, hard. that's a hard thing to imagine that the, that the hard people in our life God's using them one way or the other God never wastes God's not going to waste one opportunity to make us into who he's called us to be, whether it's through a horrible ex-spouse or, you know, an employee or employer or friend or even a child, God's not going to waste that. He says, I've got something in there for you. If you'll turn to me and ask me what I'm doing in this moment and not try to figure it out on your own, in your own. If you remember to be humble, if you remember to serve, even, even when you don't feel like it, you know? So that's my message for tonight, you guys. I hope that blessed you in some way.